0: Good morning, Redeeming Love. How's everybody doing today? Good, good, good. Glory to God. Glory to God. So good to have all of you guys with us today. We're wrapping up our Be the Church uh, sermon series. I'm super excited about next week we'll be starting Redeeming Love. And we'll be talking about love. And, you know, as we've mentioned uh, even last week and we're going to mention again today, love is one of the most important things that we can do. Love is the most important thing that we can do. Paul says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, he says, but now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And so love has this overriding, overwhelming, overcoming power that we all need to tap into, that we all can tap into. And so that's going to be our sermon series coming up. Uh, Not to steal any thunder from today, but uh, that is happening. One additional thing that I want to mention is that the tithe box has been moved. It used to be over there, and now it's over near the connect corner, (laughs) amen, amen. All right, let's get into the message here today. Uh, Be the church, and so we've been talking about church, we talked about healthy church, we talked about wrong ideas that we have about church, we talked about a few different principles that we believe here at this church, and so today I want to talk to you about my church. And I'm not talking about my church as in my church. I'm talking about my church as in my church. I'm talking about the fact that when, when you take ownership in the church, right? So when I first came to Redeeming Love for, I don't know how long, maybe uh, three or six months, you know, I would be like, I'm going to Stacy's church. I'm going to Stacy's parents' church. I'm going to Pastor Tom's church. And it was a short period of time where it was, it changed from Stacy's church to I'm going to my church, and there's that point in time in our lives where we take ownership, and it's not just that hey this is where I'm going to go, but we take ownership and we're like hey I'm gonna I'm gonna work for the betterment of this church. Ephesians 4:11 says God has given these gifts. The apostle the prophet the pastor the evangelist and the teacher for the equipping of the saints that's all of us Raise, if you're here today and you believe in jesus that's you you're a saint we're here to equip you for the work of ministry to do what god has called me to do what does ministry mean ministry means uh, we had this discussion this week what does ministry mean ministry means to serve people to help people And so ministry isn't something that just pastors are called to do. It's not something that just ministers are called to do. We're all called to do this. We'll see that in the word this morning. Glory to God. Here we go. Be the church, my church. And so first thing that we can do to be, to to take part in the church, to have ownership in the church, is to take part in what goes on, right? We need to take part. We need to show up. Somebody said, you know, if the doors to the church are open, you need to be there, you know, that's not like, you know, when the office is open, we're, we're doing office stuff. But when we're having a meeting, show up, you know, take part in what's going on. And the Bible supports this. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love, there it is again, and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more so as you see the day approaching, the day of Christ's return. And so, we should all not forsake the gathering together of believers. I don't understand how Christians can think that they can sit home and be a Christian and not go to church. If you're reading your Bible, I don't know how you can do that. It's just part of what we need to do. We need to show up. You need to be here. You can't take part in the body. The whole thing is the body of Christ. God has this wonderful plan. He's taken all of us. He's given us all these different personalities, all these different traits, all these different things that we all like to do and don't do. And then he, we, he sticks us all together and he makes us live with one another. It's, it's almost as brilliant as marriage. Taking a man and a woman and putting them in the same household, making them sleep in the same bed as they continually irritate one another. <laughs> Not in my house. why so that we can grow in grace we can grow in love we can grow in mercy so that we can grow we we need to the whole point here guys is that we grow up (laughs) uh when when pastor stacy and i were first uh you know when the thought first entered our mind that we might pastor a church someday The thought was, we want our congregation to be a mature body of believers. We don't want them to be little kids running around still drinking the milk. We want them to partake of the meat of the word. We want them to move on to maturity. You know what, I'd rather have a church of a hundred that that has birthed hundreds of pastors and sent them out than to have a church of a thousand. I'd rather have a church of a hundred that's birthed a hundred pastors than have a church of a thousand. Why? Because it's all about growing people up and making them mature, that they can go and do the same thing for other people. This is what the discipleship process is supposed to look like. This is what we're supposed to be doing here. Do not neglect the assembling together of one another, as is the habit of some. One translation says, and have shipwrecked their faith. Mm -hmm. Come on. People want to apologize to me when they miss church. They want to, Pastor, I'm so sorry that I wasn't here last week. Listen, you can apologize to me. That's fine. I mean, we, I I may or may not notice that you go missing as the church grows and and is larger. Uh, Normally I do, but then we do have attendance as long as you're filling out your engage card so that we'll know whether or not you're here. And then, but really, you're not hurting me if you don't attend church. You're hurting yourself. It's yourself that you're in, apologize to yourself when you when you miss church I'm sorry that I miss church <laughs> you're hurting yourself you're hurting your own relationship with God and so we don't want you to come so that we look good we don't want you to come so that this looks good we want you to come so that you can be blessed so that you can partake of what's going on here in the Holy Spirit every single week because there's something good going on here yeah. number two how do you how do you Take ownership in the church, you serve. Find a place to serve. There are many ways to serve here at Redeeming Love. We don't have serving on our Engage card today. Oh, we do. I thought we had Engage cards, Engage groups on the. We have serving on here today. Look at that, you can sign up to serve. All these different ways to serve. Usher team, worship team, sound team, cleaning team, engaged kids, nursery, I've, we have all these different ways of serving. And we're creating more all the time. Why? Because we know that it's an important part of body life. This is actually what we're called to do. This is what we're called to do, is to serve. Mark 10, 42 through 43. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who, consider, who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, for whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I want to read this in the Passion Translation because it's, it's, it's a little easier to understand. Jesus gathered them together and said to them, Those recognized as rulers of the people and those who are in top leadership positions rule oppressively over their subjects. But this is not the example that you are to follow. You are to lead by a different model. If you want to be the greatest, then live as one called to serve others. The path to promotion comes by having the heart of a bond slave who serves everyone. For even the son of man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life as the ransom price for the salvation of many. And so when we talk about somebody being a minister or somebody being a pastor, all that means is that they're, they're becoming a bigger servant. They're going to serve in a larger and a greater capacity. Yeah, there's some more responsibility. Yeah, there's a little bit more of whatever else that goes along with it. But really, it's just you get to serve more. Hey, you get to serve more. Hey, we see you serving and you're doing great. We want you to serve more. We want to give you a title to go along with that. We could look at it from the back angle like that. Jesus, and this is the great model, Jesus didn't come to serve people. Jesus didn't come to be served by anyone. Jesus came to serve. Jesus had no need in and of himself to come to earth. He didn't need to do it. He would have been fine without us. He was perfectly fine. God is self-sufficient. That means he needs nothing. Yes, he wants us to be in fellowship with him. He came and he lived a sinless life for you and I so that our sins would be forgiven. He died on the cross for your sins and for mine so that we could go to heaven with him. We could have a relationship here and now. He did that out of a servant's heart. He didn't do that because he had to. He didn't do that because of obligation. He didn't do that because he was better than us. He humbled himself. He took on uh, the role of a servant and he died in our place. I'm the one who des- deserved to hang on that cross, not him. You're the one who deserved to hang on that cross, not him. I'm the one who deserved to be buried and go to hell, not him. But out of his great love through servanthood, this is what he did. He came lived a sinless life something that none of us could do and then he gave his life for us and in so doing he made a way for us to go to heaven that we would have a restored relationship with God see because this is what it's all about with God this is what it's all about with Jesus this is the reason why he came I mean yes so that we could go to heaven yes so that we can be healed yes so that we can be delivered and set free But he came to restore relationship. In the very beginning, book of of Genesis, we read in the beginning, God made this garden, he made man and and he made Adam and Eve, and he and he came and he walked with them in the cool of the day. He came and he and he saw Adam face to face. They walked together. And Adam and Eve stood and walked with in, in the very presence of God. But then sin entered and all of that got ruined. But when Jesus came and he defeated the enemy on the cross, that was restored, that was restored, that was restored. And so every single one of us, every human on the planet, if we simply call upon the name of Jesus and we ask for our sins to be forgiven, we're restored to this right relationship where we can begin once again to walk with him in the garden We don't have to actually go out and walk on grass. We can do it walking in our home. But we get to sit in our quiet time, and we get to just fellowship with the Lord. We get to be in his presence. This is the best part, is that we get to be with God. I mean, yeah, we sing great songs, yeah, all this, but it's the presence of God. It's the presence of God. And so this is what he did for us. He won this place where we could come back to a right relationship with him. If you're here today and you've never done that before, I want to invite you to do that today. I've got a couple more points and I'm going to move on with my message here. But while I'm talking about this, I want to just make that invitation. If you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your life as Lord and Savior, if you don't know what it means to have a relationship with him, I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, that you would come and live inside my heart, that you would help me to live for you all of the days of my life. God, that you would um, restore relationship. God, that you would heal me of all my sicknesses. God, that you would deliver me from all oppression. And God, that I'll spend eternity in heaven with you. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you and you just prayed that prayer today, I'm going to ask you to check this box on your engaged card that says, I follow Jesus as Lord and Savior for the first time today. If you check that box, I'm going to send you some information describing the decision that you've made and what your next steps are. Your next step uh, is uh, to find a great church. If you like this church, we'd love to have you here. If not, we want to help you find a good church that you would like. Amen? Amen. Amen. Continuing with the message. Step number three, third thing that we can do to take part in the in the church to make the church our own to take ownership in the church is encourage others. We need to be a people that encourage others. We need to be a people that speak encouraging words. This is one of my this is becoming one of my favorite scriptures guys. Ephesians 4:29 Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Are you kidding me? When we speak a word of edification, I've told, you this, I've told you guys this time and time again, but I'm going to tell you again. When we speak a word of edification, we are literally imparting the grace that only comes from God. Grace. Speak a word of edification, and it imparts grace to the hearers. All right, so what does this look like? You see somebody, and you say, you say you're going to be a great dad. You're going to be a great mom. You're going to be a great sister. You're going to be a great... Um, Thingamabobber thingy that you do. (laughs) I forget, I, I know, I know, you know, I know, (laughs) the words fail me. And then when we speak that, God imparts grace because grace is what? It's divinely imparted strength. Grace is divinely imparted strength. And so when I speak those words, divinely imparted strength comes, it's almost as if I control the hand of God by the words that I speak. When I speak edification, the blessing of God comes, and he receives strength to become that great father, to become that great sister, to become that great whatever it is you do, employee. (laughs) Meanwhile, and I'm not saying that there's grace in this direction, but when we speak negative words, a very similar thing transpires and so how many of you you know uh, we can all we can all attest to this somebody has spoken something negative over our life and then that negative thing comes to pass you're never gonna mount anything you're no good you can't do this you can't do that and we believe the words that were spoken I'm not saying that there's grace imparted there it's not God would never impart grace on that but the enemy may bring a curse maybe not definitely but why take the risk so we need to just watch our words we need to be careful we need to be those people that speak edifying building up encouraging words to one another you guys ever seen a gold mine do you know what they look like it doesn't look like a little stream where they're pulling gold rocks out of it anymore but if you live in or around a gold mine the people that work at the gold mine, all they ever do is, they all they ever talk about is the gold. Right? They don't ever talk about everything else that's going on there. What do they talk about? What do you do? I work at the gold mine. Oh, the gold mine, gold mine, gold, 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 gold. Let's take a look. There it is. That's what a gold mine looks like. Pile of dirt. (laughs) The wheel on that truck is probably about 12 feet tall. Okay, that's a staircase that goes up the front of the truck so that the driver can get up into the cab. And so that's a huge dump truck moving a lot of dirt. And I don't know what, I I meant to look up the ratio and I forgot to do it, but they've moved something like 20 or 30 tons of dirt to get one ounce or or, or one ounce of gold, I think it is. Can you imagine? I have to look it up. I have to get back to you. Can you imagine having to move that much dirt in order to get to the gold and so what we're supposed to be doing in speaking words of edification is that we're supposed to be pulling the gold out of people you know what people will let you move an awful lot of dirt in your in their life if you keep talking about the gold (laughs) people will let you move an awful lot of dirt in their life if you just keep talking about the gold when those, when those workers are going into work, they don't say, hey, we're gonna go move a whole lot of dirt today. I'm going to the gold mine. We're gonna work, we're gonna find gold today. People that live near the gold mine, they don't say, hey, there's a dirt mine up there and they happen to find some stuff once in a while. No, it's a gold mine. They're, they're, they're looking for gold, that precious thing. And so encouraging words are precious and we need to treat them as such. Amen? Amen. That's good. Number four, love everyone love everyone. And so this is our calling. How do we, how do we take ownership here at Redeeming Love? It's in our namesake. We re, the redeeming love is the love that God has that redeemed us back to himself. And so God in his great love poured out his blood and in such a fashion purchased us. So redeemed us back to himself And so this is the love of God. It's the love of God that leads men to repentance. It's the love of God that leads men to repentance. And so one of the motivating factors that we have, and one of the things that we should do if we want to take part in the church, is we need to start loving people. We need to get better at loving people. We've all started, I I suppose. But we need to get better at loving people. Better. Do you love everyone? All the time? Always. With agape love. Well, you got me on that last one, (laughs) but this is what we're called to. This is what we're called to. We're called to love everyone, no exceptions, no excuses. How do you know if you're loving everyone? I don't want to get—I don't want to steal my whole message from from the next four weeks. But love is such a love is such a wide, varied topic that um, we're never going to talk enough about it. Let's read the scripture. John John 13, 34 through 35, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so Jesus came and he says, I have not come to abolish the law. I've come to fulfill the law. And he says, he goes through the law and he says, hey, You know, I know that it says, you know, do not murder, which all of us, most of us, we're not going to have to confess that sin before God. Uh, But then he says, don't be angry with your brother. Don't even say you fool. And now we're all guilty. And now we're immediately all guilty. Right? He says, uh, you know that it was said, uh, don't commit adultery. But I'm raising the spar. I'm raising the standard now. And I don't even want you to look lustfully at another person. Okay, so he raised the bar again. And now suddenly we're all guilty. You know, it says don't do this, but I, I'm saying, you know what, go go even further. Go even further. Go even further. You know, you, you thought that it was possible to complete yourself in the law. Don't murder. But what I'm saying is don't even say you you idiot. I drove here today. Right? <laughs> Some of you just thought that. I drove here today, of course. No. We're not, and now it's completely impossible for us to complete it. But the good news is that we don't have to. The good news is that we actually can, through the grace of God, through the love of God, we actually can not only complete the law, which nobody has ever done, but we can live in such a way that we're actually completing the completion of the law that Jesus brought, where we don't say, you fool, where we don't lust, where we don't do any, where we don't even think evil, 1 Corinthians 13 says. We don't even think evil of another person. This is love. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, love, as in the same way that I loved you. We don't get to love people any way we want. We don't get to do that. We don't get to write the ticket and say, I'll love them like this, that's not what Jesus said. He said, go and love people just the same way that I loved you. Qualifier. All right, what did Jesus do? He laid down his life for them. Okay, I guess that's what God's calling me to do. Mm-hmm. Matthew five forty three for 44. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. I, I don't know how many of you have uh, read this verse before. I don't know how many of you have ever tried to do this, but have you ever had an enemy? Have you ever had somebody that hated you, that teased you, that spitefully used you, that said bad things about you, that you know, worked against you, they tried to steal your job, they tried to, um, we could go crazy here. They tried to do everything wrong, wrong you, and have you been able to love them? have you been able to love them and you know it's interesting i looked it up here because we're go- we're going there um, he doesn't it's not there's three ty- there's four types of love three types of love that we're probably all familiar with is eros that love i only have for my wife phileo brotherly love and agape love this this undeniable unending love from god unconditional love that never ends that you can't, you can't do anything to stop me from loving you. And the interesting thing is that in both of the previous verses that I've read, it's agape love. Agape one another as I have agaped you. And so here he's saying agape your enemies. Love them unconditionally. It's the only way that we can love them. Because if we're going to love enemies with conditions, then we're not going to love them. <laughs> Some of my thinkers just put that into a, a like, you know, a, a, a little, you know, wheel and, and start going. We, if we're going to put conditions on love for our enemy, then we're immediately not going to love them. Because there's conditions, and if the conditions apply, then they don't deserve love. But that's not the love that he's talking about. He says agape them, love them love them no matter what. Mm-hmm. Love them no matter what they do to you. Yeah. I want to look at uh, one more verse, and it's not here. I'm going to read it. It's in John It's not here. It's not on the slides. It's in John chapter 21. And as I'm wrapping up this week, we're actually going to set the stage for next week. Chapter 21, beginning in verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And what I'm going to do here is I'm going to throw the Greek in so that you guys can keep up with what's going on here in the story because it's actually very important Simon Peter do you agape me more than these and Peter said to him yes Lord you know that I phileo you brotherly love and he said to him feed my lambs and he said to him a second time Simon son of Jonah do you love me agape me and he said to him yes Lord you know that I phileo you and he said, Tend my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you, do you agape? Uh, I'm sorry. Then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you phileo me? And Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you, love, do you phileo me? And he said, Yes, Lord, you know all things. You know that I phileo you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Assuredly, I say to you that when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will carry you and where you do not wish. And so I wanted to bring this point up because I wanted to say this, is that Jesus will always meet us where we're at. Jesus will always meet us where we're at. It's not that, it's not that Jesus lowered the requirement for Peter. It's just that he met him where he knew he was able to love. Yeah, wow. It's not, that, it's not that the requirement of God isn't that we agape him and that we agape others. But Jesus lowered the requirement for Peter because he knew where he was at in that moment. He knew that he would grow into this place of agape. He knew that he would grow into this place of undeniable, unending, never able to be quenched love, that this is, this is where God was calling him to. But it didn't matter where he started. And this is the God that we serve. It doesn't matter where you start. It doesn't matter where you're at. You're not disqualified just because. But set this as your goal and set this as your aim that you will grow to a place of agape, that we will grow to a place of agape God, that we will grow to a place of agape one another, and that we will grow to this place in love of agape even our enemies even as they do mean things to us this is the love that we're called to and so as love being in our namesake one of the things that we do here at redeeming love is we love and we we seek to love well and so um, I'm gonna wrap this up today Uh, I wanna wrap up the entire back to the church sermon series you know talking about church is something that we don't do it's something that I don't know that I see that a lot of churches do well, but we've seen uh, church be done very well here at Redeeming Love, and I hope that you feel the same. We are a church that loves, we love one another, we love first-time guests, we love new visitors, uh, we love to see new salvations. We love salvations. Jesus, God Himself, loves when people give their lives to the Lord. We love when when people give their life to the Lord. It's a joy of our heart. We love to worship here. This is just something that we do. We love to worship, and we're going to continue to worship. We're we're going to worship wildly. The Bible says that he who has been forgiven much loves much. And there was a long period of time where I didn't think that I had been forgiven much, and and I loved God as good as I could. But there was a moment in time where I realized everything that I had done, and I realized how much of an enemy of the cross that I had been, and I realized how much I had been forgiven. And my love for God grew in that moment of realization. Because he who, loves, he who has been forgiven much loves much. And we're a church who loves much. Amen? Amen. I just want to pray and we're going to end. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for uh, this church. God, we thank you for what you've done here at Redeeming Love and what you're doing. God, we thank you for pouring out your spirit here in unprecedented ways. God, we thank you and we praise you for every healing that we've seen. God, we thank you. We praise you for every salvation that we've seen. And God, we give you glory and honor and praise. Lord, I pray right now that you would help us as Redeeming Love to be the best church, Uh, not just on this side of the river, but God, the best church, uh, the best church. God, we want to be a church that you'd be pleased with, God. And Father God, we pray that you would give every one of us the strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I call the uh, offering up, I want... Uh, stephanie, to come and share testimony this morning you want to hand me that microphone right there please stephanie come on up here stephanie shared something with me and i want her to share with you before we uh receive the offering and do all your other stuff this morning <laughs> <laughs> all right so stephanie told me that um her brother got saved so, so
1: last night um Last night I got a call from my brother, and I've been praying for my whole family. I think in 2009, here I um, during the corporate fast, I remember saying to God, "If you do one thing for me this year or ever, I want for my whole family to be saved, not one soul left behind." And I stated the name: my mom, my dad, my big brother, my my other brother that's in, he's in Canada, and so. I'm going to fast forward, some of you know my story, others know, but they'll come. And so my brother, after praying since 2009, and he was always almost wishy-washy. We grew up Catholic, and so even when I was praying with him, when he would allow me to, I could never pray in tongue because he would quickly hang up and (laughs) think, you've gone crazy. So he called me yesterday, and he said... i'm uh, I'm going to this church that you've been asking me to go to for many many years and i'm finally going that was one text and i was like yay i was at the party yesterday so i was like yay and and i said to him if they do an altar call go he said okay and so maybe an hour later he texts me he goes and the text go I've been baptized in the spirit. I was like, come on. Like, what? <laughs> like, you, I sent you to be saved. But you've been saved. You've been baptized in the spirit. That's amazing. I had to leave the party early. Like, Daniela and Ricardo. I had to, like, just go. Because I couldn't stay. I started praising. And <laughs> I couldn't call him. But I, I had to praise on my own. So I was up all night, legitimately. So at, like, um, 1 a.m., I call him because he texts me and he's like, I'm on my way home. He spent the whole day at church from 9 a.m. To, till 11, 11 p.m., which my brother, I've never even done that, I don't think, so, um, so I call him, I say, I want to know everything he said you've been holding out on me. And I said, no, you just, you were not ready to hear. And, and so this is amazing. Amen. And so when the worship leaders sang, sang that song, um, God Still Save, yeah. and I witnessed it. It spoke to my heart. And I said, if there is anything praying for any family member at all,
0: God still save, and I've witnessed it. So Come on, four, 14 years. Stay right here, stay right here. Don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. 14 years she's prayed for her brother to get saved and yesterday was the day so if you're here and you've been waiting a long time for a loved one to get saved we want to pray amen so if you're here and that's you you've got a loved one that you're still waiting for and i'm standing because i've got a loved one that i'm waiting for uh if you've got a loved one stand up and we're going to pray we're going to release the favor and the blessing of god over you he's done it before and he'll do it again i've witnessed it And he still does the same thing. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, uh, you're going to pray after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, Father, we join our faith. And, God, we've witnessed what you've done in Stephanie's brother's life. And, God, we say that it will be done in our family's life, in our friend's life, in our neighbor's life, in that person that we've been waiting for for so long. God, we speak to that right now and we say, save them, Lord, in Jesus' name save them lord in jesus name go ahead go ahead stephanie pray
1: father we thank you for every family member lord god you you save one lord god so that we will be the the one standing in our families just like abraham stood up for lot and you said if there is even just 10 in the whole city you will you will have saved sodom and gomorrah but Lord God, we are the ones standing for our families. They're not as big as as the whole city, but one of us, Lord God. And we're crying out for each and every single one of us, of the soul of our family members, Lord God. And we know you are faithful, God, Lord God. You work above and beyond what we can ever expect or hope for, Lord God. We even just thank you, Lord God. I just want to thank you for everybody that you've gone to save. We call them saved. We call their soul to you
0: in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Father, I pray right now that there will be phone calls this week. Phone calls this week. Testimonies this week of salvations in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on. Yeah. That's good news. Good news. Come on up. Receive the offering.